the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race of orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became meta-humanity. Technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world as global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called shadow runners. The year is 2102. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, attempting to track down the likely source of a theoretical aura calcum or the team learns from Dark Mage bookbinder Loma Tsarnaev that they're involved in matters far exceeding their understanding. A mysterious group known as the Seven has seen them meddling at the corners of their business. Loma and soon floating crown aficionado Neck attempt to put an end to said meddling. The team bests Loma, but Neck gets away, though not before incapacitating Gabe, which triggers his Dock Wagon Platinum Biometric Life Alert Beacon. The Dock Wagon armed first responders arrive in a helicopter on the deck of the Mrs. Egg and whisk Gabe away to the nearest Evo Health Center, with whom Dock Wagon is now partnered. The team, bruised, battered, and beat, strategizes. What's their next move? Their only lead at the moment, a large blue book they saw Loma writing in, which Viv rescued from the sea during their altercation. Lash, newly able to captain the Mrs. Egg, sets course for the most familiar place she knows, Connecticut. We join the team now on the Mrs. Egg, moments after Gabe has been taken by Dock Wagon, licking their wounds and counting their blessings. With Lash at the helm, the Mrs. Egg glides through the night. A huge, gray, silver knife of a ship cutting through the Atlantic Ocean, cutting through the pre-dawn light off of the coast of, at first, Rhode Island, and then Connecticut, as it turns back around and heads towards the only port that will be open to a vessel of this size, Groton, Connecticut. It's maybe four o'clock in the morning. You are all on the Mrs. Egg, less a Gabe, plus a number of very severe wounds. What does everybody do? How long has it been since that helicopter took off with Gabe? Moments. If you listen really, really hard, you might still be able to hear it. Viv uh, goes into the galley and she has the big book under her arm. She lets out a heavy sigh <sighs> and uh, puts a kettle of water on to make tea and she puts the book on the table. It's big. Just being in the room with it, is there anything like happening to it? Is it glowing? Is it speaking in tongues? <laughs> <laughs> it has clearly been uh, mul multiply enchanted, but 
it doesn't give off any clear visual signals. It's not fighting you. And I think you would probably even perceive that in the time that you've been holding it, and definitely since the time that you first saw it, when Loma had it on his big desk, it's like it's, uh, the magical aura around it is dimming pretty quickly. Mm, interesting. Uh, Viv makes two cups of tea, and she brings them both to the bridge where Lash is. Lash is sitting on the bridge, and she has a nail file in her hand, and she's uh, anxiously filing her nails. And when Viv comes in, she goes, um, um, every time I go home, my mom's always looking at my nails. She's like, you don't cut your nails or you're going to get an infection. So I don't want to hear it this time. Obviously, kind of just, you can tell that she's tense trying to not think about what just happened. Meanwhile, she's just completely surrounded in a halo of instrument readouts, diagnostic panels, control system readouts, just everything. Especially if you're looking in AR, it's just dense and everything is in the green, everything is in the white, all systems look nominal, everything is happy, everything is moving forward, and the ship is purring. Yeah, Viv hands Lash a cup of tea and she's looking in AR at everything. And she goes, you can read all that? Yeah. Can you not? No. This looks hard. No. You just press go and stop. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> See, look. <laughs> yeah, who knows what your, your UI, your soccer ball-based UI is telling you the controls of the ship are. When Gabe was taken away... Lux ran up to TK to get him to extend his arm to grab the helicopter so that he could ride on his back and they could save Gabe. When he found TK, he was in a very, very bad state. So Lux went into uh, uh, just an absolute cyclone tornado of trying to get to his med kits, get, you know, triage um, TK and during this, he notices that the boat is going in the wrong direction, away from where the way the, that Gabe is going in the helicopter, but he thinks that Lash is just turning around. He has finished, you know, bandaging up and, and using med kits on TK, and he rushes up to the bridge and says, Lash, you're going to... And he looks, and he sees Lash, you know, sitting down, talking about readouts. Viv has made tea. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? We're going the wrong, wrong way. Gabe is going that way. Wrong way. Yeah, are we? We didn't discuss this. Are we following Gabe? Lux, we will follow Gabe, but we can't right now. Look at yourself. Look, look at TK. We need a moment. If we're going to really take this on, we need to step back for a second. You especially. You almost got yourself killed. Lux can't believe what he's hearing. He is convinced in his mind that this ship was definitely wrongly fast enough to catch a helicopter and that we were all on the same page that we were going to save Gabe. And he's just, he's speechless. Listen, we need to get somewhere safe. We don't have any allies left. Vern is not speaking to us and Yuri has left town. We have nowhere to lick our wounds. And 
neck is on the loose. We need to gather more intel. We need to figure out what that book is about. Not to mention the seven. I don't know who they are, but they don't seem nice. And I don't know where they are, but they probably are not in Connecticut, I'm hoping. And if neck is any indication of their power, I'm going to need a lot of help. So Gabe gets taken by the people we know are experimenting with people's minds. And your first thought is about a fucking book and yours is about the seven? We have to save Gabe. And he's looking around like like TK is supposed to be around here and and it's all sinking in on and right now where he doesn't have TK to look to. He doesn't know what they're going to go back to. The fact that Neck is out there sucks. It's terrifying. There's no reason Neck can't, you know, do a quick, you know, make me all better spell to himself and then be back in maybe three minutes or less and kill every one of us. And he knows he's right. Um, He's probably not, but he knows he's right, but he has nothing to say. He's got no case to make. He, He doesn't even know what they do when the boat is pointing in the right direction. The direction he knows is the right direction to save Gabe. I want to save Gabe. I think we all do. Just we don't have a layout. We don't have information about how to get in. We'd be going in blind. We are up against powers that we have not ever faced before. Never. We need to take a moment and figure out what we're doing. And we got to make sure that all of us are in the right headspace when we do it. Did you look at TK? I did. I'm the one who patched him up. He's messed up. He also knows that this is true. I feel like uh, TK walks in to the room, like sort of staggers in, sits down uh, and grabs Viv's tea and takes a sip. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And nods at everybody. Hey. Yeah, I've been better. You you didn't ask, but yeah. <laughs> TK, I don't think you should be walking, man. And he kind of pushes TK to kind of sit down next to, to Lash. Yeah, TK sits. Yeah, I heard you guys yelling, and I, you know, it seems like some decisions were being made. So I, f- I thought I should, thought I should be here. TK, they're running away. Um, and this, of course, is really on his mind because that's what he just did, and running away from Nick and just trying to get to the boat. But of course, you know, that's why. The fact that they're doing it right now is even more infuriating to him. I think TK's like, yeah, all right, let's go. Let's let's go get him. Uh, and he tries to stand up and just like falls down. You, TK, have never in your life felt as hungry as you feel right now. And then Lux looks at his shoulder. Oh, my God. What? And Lux looks at Viv. He got bit. By who? Loma. Oh, TK, do you know what that means? No. Oh. Viv, you could do something, right? Me? I I actually don't know anything about the virus. Oh, God. Oh, shit. So, because TK was bit by someone who has type 3 human, metahuman, vampiric virus, uh, he now carries it. Type 3 human, metahuman, vampiric virus is the one that leads to the creation of what Loma is, uh, ghouls. Uh, So a ghoul is someone whose um, transformation into 
you know, what in classical literature they would refer to as a vampire, but like it's not considered very polite to refer to these people as vampires. Their transformation is marked by really dramatic uh, physical changes. Uh, their skin gets really loose. It starts to, um, I mean, all of these words are going to be extremely gross. So just like <laughs> imagine all of the grossest words related to flesh that you possibly can. Uh, and that's what happens. Um, you know, imagine Loma, right? Loma had some work done, but he was a uh, pretty gray, saggy, and I believe he was established as a soft gentleman. And alongside uh, the physical changes, uh, you also grow uh, teeth, uh, fangs. You uh, possess a powerful hunger uh, for blood. You have a blood thirst. And you have a chance of developing other sort of side effects, uh, what in game terms we might describe as like abilities or powers, not all of them great or good, but, you know, you guys fought Loma and you saw that he, you know, was capable of a, a lot of things. Um, if one of you wants to roll for medical knowledge, you can roll to figure out whether or not you know for sure there is like treatment. Uh, I can like, do that. Um, yeah. I have medical skill. I do not. So that would be in the biotech, um, first aid, medicine, all of that, right? Yeah. Five. You've heard that there are people who can uh, slow the severity of the effects uh, if they get treatment, and the treatment will be ongoing. So it's not like you take a pill a couple times and suddenly you're good. Uh, it's yeah. like a thing that has to be managed throughout the life of the person. That there are people who have figured out how to slow uh, the progression of type 3 human metahuman vampiric virus. But like, it's not necessarily a thing that you go to like a standard hospital for. This is not something where you would go to Evo or Doc Wagon. Yeah. Uh, and Lux goes, oh, fuck, this is this is Krieger, because that's another name for type three is a Krieger strain. And he's just racking his brain because of the ways that he knows there is a very, very powerful magic spell. I don't even know if Viv is powerful enough magically. If she knew it, I don't know. Um, and then there are treatments that like you know Mike saying are possible but he used to have connections to this world and now he doesn't really so he's trying to think of as fast as he can of how to uh, get rid of this very very it's the most contagious form of HMHVV um, and TK is going to be eating uh, raw uncooked meat very soon <laughs> as his only uh, form of sustenance and he goes downstairs to look through some files of his. Hmm. Seems like we got a lot to take care of. Yeah. That's why I'm guiding us to Connecticut. <laughs> Everybody spends the rest of the very, very late night, the very, very early morning, however you want to slice it, taking care of whatever business they can locally on the Mrs. Egg. TK maybe resting, Lux maybe digging through his files, Lash captaining the boat, filing her nails, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Viv drinks her tea, maybe she looks at the book. Yeah, she's uh, sitting in the galley, sipping her tea and drumming her fingers on the table and considering the book. It's it's big, right? 
It's quite large. It is, yeah. uh, yeah, the, the spine is probably about as long as one of your arms. She's contemplating the danger of it. It's sort of magical signature is fading uh, very, very quickly. I think this would make some sense to you because you identify this as being Loma's book and you have just killed Loma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uh, straightens up in her seat and uh, pulls it closer to her with both hands. And does it have a latch? <laughs> no, it'll just open. Oh, okay. <laughs> she opens the book. It's heavy. You just open to the middle? To the beginning. Okay. You open up the big heavy cover and it thunks on the table in the galley and you see a frame, sort of like an ex libris uh, frame in the uh, first title page and it is in a script that you don't recognize. It's definitely words. It's another language. Mm. Are you looking at the book through your AR glasses? Yeah, I have my glasses on, yeah. Okay, a little uh, icon pops up that asks uh, if you would like to translate the Georgian script that you're currently looking at. Ah, yes. (laughs) You select yes, and it uh, reconfigures a little bit. There's a couple sounds, and the Georgian text that's on there turns into uh, the Roman alphabet, turns into English English words. Do you see that this is... Uh, like a ledger. You see Loma's name, uh, Loma Tsarnaev, and uh, you see that this is a ledger for his business. Mm-hmm. And does it have a date range in the beginning? You don't see any indication of a date or anything in the front. Okay. Are there client names? Are you going to flip through the book? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so you flip through the rest of the book and every page is just tight rows and columns, like a spreadsheet, uh, printed onto the pages. They're like a very beautiful, like cream color. The ink on them is this really, really nice deep blue, and there's all these little filigrees. The texture on the paper is really beautiful, really nice. Everything is very easy to read. The handwriting, uh, you know, you switch off uh, the AR translation and switch it back on. You can see, like, the handwriting is almost like computational, like a computer wrote it. It's very neat. It's very Mm. easy for your AR glasses to translate this into English. It's like just reams and reams and reams of handwritten uh, Georgian text. And it looks like none of the rows have labels. Everything just is in there. But Mm -hmm. based upon context, looking at what you're flipping through and looking at the pages and seeing what sorts of information repeats, you think you're looking at a record of every book that Loma has made for some amount of time. You see dates uh, in one of the columns. You see two columns next to one another. The first column date is always before the second column date. So I think you might think of that as like, you know, beginning and ending or Mm -hmm. like maybe start payment, end payment, something. The first largest column in each page seems to indicate the purpose of the book that was made, sort of what function it was serving in the business of the person he made it for, which is the second column. It's just long, long lists of businesses. And there are, there's a lot of them, but a lot of them go for many, many, many pages. So it seems like Loma gets clients where they ask him to make maybe sometimes a hundred books all in one go. Mm-hmm. 
than information about the books that he made. Their size, their style, the binding style, the style of the cover, you know, what it's made of, uh, the type of glue that he used, all that stuff is in there. Wow. Uh, then the date information, how much the object cost, and then what seems to be a serial number, mm. uh, like a unique identifier of some kind. I think if you spent enough time looking at it, you would see that the last column uh, on every page for every book has a series of letters and numbers that always appear to be unique. Mm. The whole book would appear to be in chronological order. Um, I guess Viv is going to spend some time looking through and taking notes on her own of notable client names that might sound familiar. The Mrs. Egg slowly approaches Groton, Connecticut. Everybody tends to their tasks uh, aboard it. Viv flips through the book looking for names that she recognizes. Slowly, the sun rises. And thankfully, I imagine, I'm putting myself in your shoes, but I imagine, (laughs) thankfully, it is a new day. And on this day... We distribute some karma. Talk again. Uh, <laughs> Nick is back. <laughs> no, 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 go away. Nick gets 40, ca- 40 karma that he can Fuck. use however he likes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to buy Lash's mom's address. <laughs> <laughs> I've written some hallmarks for him, and one of them is uh, head explodey. I like it. Okay, so first things first. Please completely refill your health and your edge. Yay! Cool. We're back, baby. Yeah! (laughs) Close there. It was close. We're going to go in chronological order, uh, starting with uh, the oldest job that you have not yet been paid for. For learning from Artemis, the source of the random data found on Miko Jurdovich's gun, and the source of the random data for the profiles funding the Last Lines Money Pit account, and for estimating that its likely source was Jast Columnar, everyone gets 12 karma. Whoa! Hell yeah! That's that's a hell yeah for me. With additional karma to uh, Viv. Oh. Three karma for being the one who put together that the source was likely Jast. Oh. Yes. This is a genius. (laughs) And TK, an additional three karma uh, for being Artemis's main uh, interlocutor and point of contact. Cool. I'll take it. Hell yeah. Also, all of you, an additional one karma out of respect for Artemis. Rip. Rip. F in the chat. Gone too soon. (sighs) Gone but not forgotten. Here for a good time, not a long time. Is now Erica Ishii, a significantly harder person to cast into (laughs) being a voice (laughs) on the show. Four, meeting Yuri on moving day as he's leaving the city. (laughs) Going to Loma's. Racing upstate to the Storm King Art and NFT Center. (laughs) Stealing and then delivering him the skull of Walt Whitman. Yeah. 
eight karma. Yeah. Nice. With additional karma to Shannon, five karma for the invention of soup dogs. Yes. Merch, 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 merch. It was a group effort, but I think we absolutely have to recognize Shannon's uh, very special contribution to the story world here. (laughs) We can go for a soup dog right now. I didn't remember I made it, so yeah. I also would like to give Lash three knowledge points. Ooh. In New York City regional snack foods considered moderately dangerous, possibly illegal. Yes. Hell yeah. That makes sense. More snacks, yes. more snacks, more snacks. <laughs> Wait, you said three that's knowledge th- points. Three knowledge points. I love that. <laughs> please uh, <laughs> please feel free to use that whenever it's germane. Please. All the time. <laughs> An additional two karma to Lash and Lux for touching the Whitman skull, even though you knew it was going to happen <laughs> while you were trying to take it from Terry and Miguel. <laughs> yeah. And oh. everyone, an additional three points for the brilliant, and I would say semi-effective teamwork, <laughs> besting Terry and Miguel, New York City's most fearsome delivery duo. <laughs> Uh, Taylor, we got we got a lot of uh, requests for some Terry and Miguel uh, having their own adventure somewhere. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> uh, you can't have ice cream for breakfast, kids. <laughs> you can when you're an adult, but it means you also have to pay bills. Yeah. So maybe another tier. Did you guys read that study recently about how ice cream like doesn't count, like it's good for you? What? 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 No. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't need to yeah, read it. I know that's it. That's something I can't read. You're li- Mike's got his little mischief Mike. Mike, mischief Mike. Mike the mischief man. He's joking. I'm in the employ of Big Ice Cream. Oh, wow. Yo, Big Cream, you're Mike. in their pocket? I can't believe <laughs> <Yeah>. it. That's <laughs> a pocket I'd love to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Even his pockets big, over put there. Put me in the Big Cream pocket, oh, please. Oh, no. Jesus, I'm a cream and sugar, you son of a bitch. But all the cream is big and the pockets are too. You can live in there, eat cream for you. In the pocket in of the, the big, big cream. cream pocket mountain. <laughs> so, Karma? For playing three side games, Cozy City, Brindlewood uh? Bay, and Return to Float City, during a nearly year-long break while I took care of a very, very small child, everybody gets 11 Karma. 11? 11? It's the number of episodes that were contained <laughs> within. It was one, one per. My God, look at this gorgeous call. Mike's, Mike's look at that. This is a unilateral. Yes. We're going to be able to take on Nick. Absolutely fuck him up. Yeah, we better oh. be able to. For defeating Loma and surviving Nick, <laughs> 18 karma. Oh. Wow. Man, if we would have defeated Nick, we would have gotten 199 karma. Yeah. With additional karma to Viv. Oh. Six karma for your brush with death. Mm-hmm. TK, six karma for your brush with death. An additional two karma to TK for being infected with type 3 HMHVV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with that now. Um, yes, King. Nick, three karma for the bubble buddy. Right. Hell yeah, bubble it. buddy. Inspired. Incredible stuff. I love my bubble buddy. Also... I have a suspicion that we did this, but I couldn't find it. So I'm going to make it official. Like maybe it just didn't make its way into the cut, which doesn't seem right. But I'm going to cure you of your fear of water. 
Whoa. Yay. Whoa. Whoa. There was a mild phobia of water, so I'm going to yeah. remove that. So and I'm just you... going to say yeah. gets jazzed about water. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Absolutely loves it. water. You're a water boy now. Can't get moist enough. Yeah. I think that you exhibited impressive, uh, heroic amounts of bravery in the face of a very wet environment. I don't know. That's very nice of you. Courage under fire, but courage underwater? (laughs) Now I've simply heard it all. (laughs) What's next? Courage under the dang earth? I can't imagine it. I don't want to. A big cream candy pocket. Mm. <laughs> and a big cream candy pocket. <laughs> and a big cream candy pocket. And I, I don't. A Taylor might argue with this one, uh, and I argue I, with it. I've, that's I'm, good I'm, content. God, I'm open to being argued with. I would like to reward all of you with one karma for um, playing your characters really well as sort of unknowing victims of Neck's illusion spell while you as players knew exactly what was going on. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, we cut out some of the, like, table talk where you were like, where some of you were like, this is this is something weird is going on here. Yeah. So it wasn't as clear in the final edit, but you guys did a really good job of separating your table knowledge from your character knowledge. That's our job. And thank you for not thinking that I am actually a mean sorcerer out to kill you. <laughs> Taylor Moore. Here's here's a karma. Here's a karma for being grown-ups that could tell the difference between fantasy and reality. <laughs> That's my mic impression. Was there somebody in the in the chat or something that that didn't couldn't tell the difference? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were responding to something. No, I'm making fun of Mike absolutely infantilizing you all. Oh, uh, but enjoy the karma. <laughs> it's one. <laughs> so enjoy it. <laughs> don't eat it, Nick. <laughs> it's full of that red dye. Mike in said Europe, it's good for you. No, in Europe, you can't even buy karma. <laughs> I also have uh, six karma uh, set aside. So normally at this point we do uh, like questions and stuff uh, for uh, nominating people for getting additional karma. We're going to forego that uh, this go around. I just have six karma set aside for the four of you to distribute however you see fit. Would love to have reasons for it. Yes. Because we're we're going all the way back to... um, You're going all the way back to when Artemis died, basically. (laughs) Oh, my God. another lifetime. Okay, I think we should give Lux a karma for kind of like, even though he like almost died, like almost getting shot by Doc Wagon. Just like being so in character and doing what the character would do. Even though the rest of us don't agree with it, yeah. Yeah, that. That's as good as Lux is gonna do in a in the in a fight is as is, 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 is almost getting shot as a as some sort of merit based uh, award. Shouting, please simply do not. Yeah, no. I want to give one to Lash for she is the captain now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so six, five, four remain. Um, TK cut off Loma's head, right? Or cut him in half? Pummeled Punch- him into paste. Oh, yeah. Punched him into paste. Yeah, he's got to get two for that. Yeah, got to get two for Because we all got karma for killing Loma, but I don't know how much we all did. I think it was just the, pu- the punching. 
That was yeah. like, turn the tide of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> some some guys got to get punched. I don't know. Especially since we've seen punches go really, really wrong, where like you barely could knock someone down. <laughs> yeah, Couldn't knock someone down. Yeah, that's got to be two for me, at least. It varies quite a bit, uh, depending on how the, the GMs the are die. feeling. Yeah, that too, yeah. Hmm. I feel like we should give Gabe something, but we don't know if we don't know. <laughs> I could, that could save him where he is right now. One karma, <laughs> yeah. enough to save a life. Yeah. I'm trying to think what you haven't rewarded already, because I feel like yeah, those are I the things like I would have called out. Pretty yeah. comprehensive there. <laughs> I did like Viv's clam uh, bahoot, uh, clam head. Uh, yeah. So I would, yeah, I my, would give my Venus one or shell. two for that. Yeah, the Venus shell was nice. Yeah, that's nice. And she did grab the book. Yeah, yeah. grabbing the book. Yeah, we got a list of important stuff that I don't know if we can read, but we want. <laughs> and we can read so we got two left. I'd be happy to give it to Viv. Yeah. yeah. She's a G. She's a G. For the book. <laughs> Done. Love that. Right. We did so guess, it. Yeah. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to go record a short episode, a karma spendy, uh, where everybody talks oh, through what they nice. want to do uh, with their karma. That will be available for patrons on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And when we come back, we are going to summarize what it is everybody has decided to spend their karma on. And then we will continue with the story. Okay, bye. Friends, hello. Mike here to say happy 2024. We missed you and hope you've been having a great start to the year. And second, to remind you again, as always, about the Fun City Patreon, where you can toss us a couple bucks a month to support our efforts making Fun City, this podcast that you so know and love. This episode alone is the result of, count them, two production meetings, one story meeting, one character meeting, one game session, one edit, one design pass, and one mix pass. I recorded custom for you, for your ears, in this episode. The sound of a massive blue book, among other things. The blue book, though, I, I'm especially proud of. I think you can really, you can really hear the blue. Here, here's a, f a few more really good sounds from the book. Point being, a lot of love, labor, and care goes into making the show, and if you like it, you can help us keep doing it by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. That's right, patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. We are back. We had a very fruitful, very spendy, karma spendy, so that the audience on this side, uh, if they have not listened to the karma spendy yet, uh, or if they do not have access to it, they know what it is we're now dealing with. Because you guys, you guys went ham. A lot of spending. A lot of, yes. lot of, lot of big purchases. Mm -hmm. There's meat in the fruit basket now. There's meat. <laughs> Yeah, meat in the fruit basket. <laughs> Taylor, Google it. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Says FBI won't let me. <laughs> oh, hold on, the doorbell's ringing. I didn't install a doorbell. <laughs> so uh, let's go in order. Uh, Shannon, Jen, Nick, Bijan, and talk about what it is. Summarize what you guys did in the Karma Spendy, and then mm. I will summarize for you uh, the team hallmarks, uh, the team hallmark that you purchased. The last 
a couple of events that they've experienced have been in rapid succession. So Lash is kind of has noticed a lot of endurance in herself of being able to go on and continue on, you know, keep, keep swimming, keep holding Viv on her back as she swims. And in that she has uh, kind of advanced her strength. Not that she's even physically gotten bigger, but she kind of can like dig a little deeper in herself um, and, and find that extra strength. Um, same thing with uh, her uh, kind of her resident skills. She, she ups, her skill level in, in threading, uh, just kind of, again, having that kind of sustained uh, focus that she hasn't really ever had because she's so young and it's a kind of new experience for her. Makes sense. You know, she's been in like a couple high stress situations where she's had to use those skills at a moment's notice and it mm -hmm. didn't always go as planned. And so it would make sense that she would sort of redouble some of her internal efforts to like organize those parts of herself and, and push through those barriers. And also recently um, she found the first five pages of her Rick Jones exotic blow dart book. It turns out that she had like gotten the the e version of the book and immediately threw like immediately <laughs> deleted those first five pages. I don't know how she did Understandable. it. Understandable. Uh, which those five pages really teach you how to hold hold the blue dart. <laughs> <laughs> Rule one: Don't suck. hold it. Yeah, yeah. never suck. <laughs> So she's up that skill uh, just by really reading those first five pages. Wow. Genius. Um, Two heads. <laughs> she also right now is kind of she's driving the Mrs. Egg. And for that, she has gained a little bit of a skill in um, piloting things. Uh, last, oh. check, last check the Hallmark called I Am the Captain Now, which uh, lets her, through spending edge, automatically captain different vehicles. Fun. Sweet. Sweet. Basically like a, like a way for you to use a rigor skill without having a rigor skill and without having to like thread a complex. You don't have to use puppeteer on certain things now. That'll be nice, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can sense your growing frustra frustration with puppeteer. <laughs> yeah. So your girl Viv has been shot and stabs uh, multiple times, and each time Lash has thrown her over her shoulder, and Viv is tired of this. <laughs> so she uh, also hitting hitting the gym, working on her uh, reaction time thing. She's sprinting around. Um, we've improved her reaction, intuition, and agility which will help with her blade skill. Uh, they're now at a level of five, which is very exciting. But she is glass cannon no more. She is not so delicate and will be able to dodge better in, in the future. She's taking on a personal hallmark called Wend the Shores, which reproduces the effect of the Whitman skull when she touches someone. So if you want to know what that is like, uh, listen back a few episodes uh, when Lash grabbed it. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. Became a statue in Greenwood Cemetery and fell in love with the Statue of Liberty, who she had been looking at for an eternity. <laughs> or becoming the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. yeah. Or a beaver. I think Lu was Lux a beaver. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Building a lodge in a river. Yeah. <laughs> As they want to do. Poetique. I love it. Okay. Um, Lux has had one hell of a day. 
and he almost died. Everybody almost died. Um, he really was very, very powerless in, in that situation. And he thought he was going to kind of eat it a couple of times. And um, one thing that he did reach for in that moment was uh, the uh, mag gun, actually. And I don't believe that he could find it or it wasn't there. I don't, I don't remember exactly. But um, he, uh, he, he did. He thought he had it. He thought uh, he had it, it and he did But it was yeah, an it, illusion. And then yes. Henley sank. Rip. Yes, that's that's right. And so, you know, for Lux, you know, there's always these sort of f- f- flights of fancy when he sees the power of someone like Lash or the ability to just melt people like Viv to, you know, I'm going to go take a Tai Bo class, you know, <laughs> and, sort of, <laughs> and sort of, you know, he, I could, I could defend myself. And the truth is he can't, um, not against people like Neck or Lash or Viv or, or TK, so he leans into something that he's already very good at, um, which is tinkering and crafting. Uh, the equipment that the advanced equipment that he uses to create disguises and things are not made um, on any factory line anywhere. Um, these were all made uh, by Lux or with a lot of influence and design from Lux um, from all of his biotechnology um, experience when he was in uh, the field before he became the Shadowrunner he is today. So he builds on that and he doubles down on it uh, and he develops his skills as a tinkerer. Um, so this skill is uh, with tinkerer for the cost of an amount of edge equal to the complexity of the object at the DM's uh, discretion and some amount of time, Lux can construct self-defense gadgets of his own design. Drawing from the research he does on the Matrix, uh, calls to his friend Riley, the armor, and so on. The materials needed must be reasonably available and Lux must have access to a workshop. There is one in the Mrs. Egg. Um, And uh, he may occasionally also have to roll in order to successfully complete a particularly complex design without hurting himself. So these could be various self-defense gadgets of Lux's own imagination and creation. um, And the universe via Mike will help him in creating these things so that he can actually be some use in specific situations with these gadgets in order to use it he's got a firearm skill now of five um, and the firearm uses agility so he's gotten his agility up uh, in practicing and in the use of some of these things that he's creating uh, from four to five what i'm hearing is lux is going to read reddit and build a gun Yay. Yeah, you know, he's, that's, that's exactly what <laughs> Don't give reddit the credit, please <laughs> <laughs> YouTube shorts Yes. There you yeah, go. there we go. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, TK has uh, he he had a also a near death experience, which um, seems like that's kind of going around lately. Uh, <laughs> when we're all in the same near death experience, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just seems a contagious to, nature to it. Seems to keep happening for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you know TK noticed, uh, especially in the bubble buddy with Loma. That he was maybe just a little bit, a little bit faster than he used to be, a little bit, uh, had a little bit uh, of steel in his will or whatever. Um, so uh, wow. his reaction and willpower have increased by one, and uh, he has taken a hallmark that is for the, uh, the cost of a certain amount of edge. Uh, he can stave off some of the worst effects of the uh, human metahuman virus that he has contracted from that man he 
beheaded with his fist. Uh, so the cost is basically TK has to pay one edge per day, per in-game day. So we just got to make sure that you are supplied with edge and you got to make sure, because your edge is two, right? Three. Three. Oh. Okay. So that's not too bad. That's three days. <laughs> three days, as long as you keep getting edge. The team chose for their team hallmark, a hallmark called I Captain, which is when the whole team engages in a teamwork test that is led by Lash. Each participant, not including Lash, gains a plus two dice pool bonus uh, to their test. Though, in order to get this bonus, they must all salute Lash or similar. You know, pay respects to the captain. <laughs> um, this hallmark stacks with another hallmark that they currently have, which is called No Eye in Teamwork Test, uh, which is a, a four-way stacking teamwork test. So, this is a way where if you compound these two teamwork test bonuses, um, you guys can essentially buy, at the very least, a standard success for a teamwork test. That's cool. what you say, but the dice sometimes don't play. I know a lot. As long as you don't glitch, yeah. Which Yeah, you know. like three of us glitch at once. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Could happen. Could happen. It's dawn on the Mrs. Egg. You're all very close to Groton, Connecticut, which is the single place uh, in the eastern seaboard, in this part of it, that would be able to accommodate a Corvette-class uh, warship. Groton is, in United States history, like the place where many of the submarines for the U.S. Navy, Navy were built. It is currently, uh, in uh, 2102, a site of significant investment by Aztechnology. Um, they have many, many shipbuilding facilities here. And in fact, Groton sort of reasserted its position as a manufacturing hub uh, a number of decades ago, and now is considered something of like... A place of, of like, not urban blight, but it's like not a very nice place to live because of all of the manufacturing that has taken over. And so as you get closer and closer and closer to the shore, you start to see more and larger vessels in the water. And it becomes a bit of a task for Lash to navigate her way uh, around the waterways. But you're doing it. You're getting through. You're learning a lot as you're having to navigate this. One thing that someone is going to have to do, and so one of you will tell me how it is that you do it, is you're going to need to find an empty dock to put the Mrs. Egg, <laughs> and you're going to have to forge the paperwork, quote-unquote, the electronic paperwork, that says that you are supposed to be there. Mm. You're moments away from needing to do that. In the guts of the Mrs. Egg, Viv, still in the galley, yep. flipping through the book looking for names she knows. Yes. I think you probably know, you specifically, know a lot of people who are in this book. Um, these are people who you have had interactions with in the magic circles of uh, New York City over the last hundred years. I don't necessarily think that that is so surprising to you. Loma provided a very specific service that the people in your community would want to make use of. 
bound, artificed books that respond in certain ways to their environment, that uh, keep and respond to the information stored in them in specific ways, in bindings that were beautiful. You know, like not only were these books uh, magical tools, they also were sought after items. Like they look really great. They're built really well. He was very, very good at his job. I'm trying to make you feel bad for killing an artist. Um, <laughs> this is like a yearbook to her. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know all kinds of these people. Uh, you know many, many, many of these people. Um, I'm going to say Viv knows better than me, probably, who a good number of these people are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that there are two that uh, stand out to you as notable. Mm-hmm. First... Irina Sevredra is in here a number of times. Ah. She's had a bunch of books made by Loma. They are on the smaller side, um, and they all seem to be either accounting books or inventory for her shop. Um, I think that this, you know, like she's notable, but like maybe not surprising. She didn't strike you as a computer user. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is mm-hmm. a lady who like writes stuff down. Old school. Yeah, Old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a number of entries throughout the book for books made for columnar comma jast i think probably if you're writing down each one as you get to it mm-hmm. you've got at the end of the book you know if you spend a multiple hours doing this a dozen pages of books that have been made uh, lists of books that have been made for jast wow a library essentially many of those many 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 Uh, seem to be accounting books for his scrap business. Accounts payable books, accounts receivable books, made in a kind of just like pretty standard way out of materials that are very tough um, and out of uh, like vellum, so like waterproof. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's not going to run, stuff that's not going to get soggy, stuff that can be in a damp environment, and like, you know, thick leather binding that's not going to catch on fire, essentially. Nice. Um, There are a much smaller number of specific tomes that you find. They are uh, labeled things like metallurgical processes or refinement techniques, material enchantment processes and techniques, rituals and lodges, oracalcum R&D. Ooh, that looks like proprietary information. Uh, Yeah, she notes all of the sort of serial numbers of these books and just looks over the list. It's massive. You have all that information in whatever manner uh, you would like to have it. I think she's going to use her glasses to kind of like scan it (laughs) to have it in a digital format. Yeah, great. Love that. You have it. So the weird thing about Groton is that it's a a planning region. They don't have counties in Connecticut. They have planning regions. It's a a centralized planning region, which has its own government. It actually has its own consortium of governments. Um, (laughs) It is the Southeastern Connecticut Council of Governments, in fact. I am not writing this for the show. This is how Connecticut works. I did not know that. Oh, wow. This is how Connecticut works, and it still works that way um, in... 2102, but it's a lot more regimented uh, in that the Southeastern Connecticut Council of Governments are, in fact, like a very powerful council of governments that run the state of Connecticut almost like its own little country. 
This is due in large part to the amount of investment that as technology has put into this portion of the country. Like there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of military and specifically naval R&D that happens here. But you are effectively still interfacing with a like municipal government. It's just a municipal government that has a lot of funding behind it. So as you get closer, you know, you're now within miles, uh, you know, a couple miles of the coast. You start to see the thick of manufacturing uh, facilities. Um, you don't see from your vantage, like there's no houses on the shore in this part of Connecticut anymore. Uh, it's just industry. Tell me where you park uh, and how you got that space and who you are. And then tell me where you want to go and why and what you want to do with your lives now that you're all uh, um, out of harm's way. <laughs> yeah. Lux um, asked Lash if she could get all of the old party barge accoutrement working um, or, you know, if, if to turn it on um, if he requests it to be done to see if that's still working and if Lash could work it. Lash turns on the music and it's okay. house Loud. music. No, Great. it was the last thing Gabe was playing before oh. he was oh. incapacitated and it's horrible noise. Oh, yeah. Okay. D different uh, song. Different yeah, song. Me, Something okay. poppy. Too yeah, early. Okay, sure. Let me uh, Wait, try to on. change it. Hold on. I kind of like it. Yeah. No, this doesn't work. Um, uh, Mike, who would be like a big pop band that would be believable that this is something that they're going to use for like an after party or something? You know, Lux is thinking of the story of they're doing a big engagement with As Technology for their a little concert for them and their families, uh, and their big after party is going to be on this uh, on this yeah. party barge boat. There's a, a boy band that's currently uh, oh, very yes. very popular. Lux knows this. Uh, yeah, uh, and they're called Maple Maple Maple. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so uh, Lux spins up some forged documents, um, and this is Log Plus Intuition, and I will roll this now, and that is three hits. So where where do you want me to park this thing? You She's can turn like, the music off right now. Just okay, uh, just okay. uh, up here, up, up here, and he's pointing at just a... A spot that's big enough for this particular vessel. Flash heads for that dock. Um, and so in these documents that he's trying to forge is, is basically just permissions from as technology corporate leaders and how they have a special in with the council and they have special yeah. permission uh, for this particular uh, spot to be used um, for this constrained amount of time, blah, 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 vis-a-vis, um, -vis, here go, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so you like, you know, uh, we'll say in this scenario, you know, you have quote unquote open channels, but it's not radio channels, it's like file sharing. And right. that the server that is on the boat has essentially a public Dropbox where okay. you put, you leave all of your credentials and uh, the marina, uh, you know, the municipal government accesses this public part of your server on your vessel, makes sure that all of your documents are, are in order and, you know, clears you or doesn't clear you. I mean, that process essentially happens like in the background. Um, okay. And I think that the way that it works is, you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, they'll come find you. Okay. 
So like, you know, you you forge all these documents, you put, put all of this stuff in the place where this semi-automated system is going to go look for it. Uh, you know, you do the research, you figure out mm-hmm. uh, what everything is supposed to look like, and you put it where it's supposed to be. You tell Lash where it is uh, she's supposed to park the boat. Park the boat. You park boats, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, cross your fingers. It uh, looks good to you. Okay, great. It's a lot of maneuvering. Uh, there's The traffic's really heavy. But it's also, you know, there are a lot of big vessels here. And you, uh, yeah, you find a, a nice, long, empty dock. It is one of a few. Uh, there aren't many, but there is a spot for you to just pull right in. Um, and as a nice little touch, Lux adds to the sort of digital dock stack uh, a picture from Maple, Maple, Maple signed by each of them with a big thank you, as though they're thanking the people who are watching over their boat or something. Uh, as a little, this is they're they're involved and directly with this boat. Uh, Lux, what does Maple 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 look like? Oh, it's one person. I was picturing it was a boy band. No, it is. It's a boy band. What do oh, they look like? What, what do they look like? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good question, Mike. They, they look very Canadian. Um, <laughs> um, you know, which is the Canadian? Wait, I'm sorry. I forget my 21st century or 22nd century geography. That is that is the, the Canadian. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the UCAS, the the United Canadian American States. Yeah, that's the the country you're in. But old school Canadian, yeah, so we're all Canadian. But very old school Canadian, um, and um, it's kind of a trailer park boy's way, but (laughs) dressed up, um, you know. So definitely more cleaned and polished, um, but they got a real fun sound, and you know Lux loves them. Okay, I was gonna. I was, my next question was: Is Lux yeah. a fan? So it's I'm <laughs> absolutely, definitely a fan. What's the type of K-pop that he liked? I forgot. Uh, doo-wop oh. revival. Doo-wop revival K-pop. Yes. Yeah. Maple, maple, maple is not that. No. Yeah. But it yeah. opened up a door, Mike, uh, <laughs> to other group bands that are just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, tell me what you want to do. You're in for now. Seems seems like everything's okay. No news is good news. Yeah. Um, Viv takes her lists and a new fresh cup of tea to the bridge to sh- kind of, I don't know, show everybody what she's been working on. And is Lash alone in the bridge? Yeah, she's just quickly glancing at the documents that Lux has dropped in the drop box and uh, just making sure that there's not anything on the boat kind of in her view that would lead to any suspicion of, of uh, yeah. Roll logic? Sure. Okay. Two hits. Yeah, seems good. Okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so it seems good. So she's kind of like, you know, powering down the boat. What's up, Viv? <laughs> I've been up all night reading that book. Oh, big book. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting stuff in it. It's very long and boring, but uh, where's everybody? Lush uh, goes on to the boat's com. Where's everyone? <laughs> <laughs> um, Lux is currently in the workshop. Uh, he's got headphones on listening to Maple, 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 so he doesn't hear this immediately. But he'll be up soon whenever he hears uh, Lash. Do you hack his earphones? <laughs> You definitely can. Lux does not know how to secure these things properly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I, I think Lash is loud enough that it might cut yeah. through yeah. Yeah, the, dul- the dulcet tones. And uh, Lux heads up. She gave me uh, runs into Lux in the hallway because uh, he's just been startled out of a nap by the sound of Lash yelling. 
Where is everyone? TK looks sort of gray. Mm-hmm. We got to fix you, bud. Uh, yep, Lux uh, makes it to the bridge. Yeah, what? Lash, what do you need? Oh, well, Viv's been reading. Oh, Viv. Yeah. You, you could read that? Well, I had a little help, and she taps her glasses. Lux does not know what that means. <laughs> I think TK's like, wait, you wear glasses? Like, finally noticing. <laughs> and Lux is like, no, I know you wear glasses, but but how did that help you read this other language? Lux, your AR display is saying, like, translate Georgian script? Translate Georgian script? <laughs> She's going to ignore this. <laughs> I didn't know Viz's glasses were AR. Okay, cool. So we're all parked. We're okay to be here? I think so. Yeah, I I, um, I think I managed to dupe all the correct certs and stuff, so I think we should be good. Yeah, I spent all night reading that book, and it's very boring. But I found two names that uh, we've encountered before. Hmm. Who's that? Encountered? Seems yeah. ominous choice of word. I didn't want to be negative or positive, you know? Well, the first one is Irina. Do you remember her? Yeah. She liked paper. Our tarot-loving contact. She has a few books uh, that's been made by Loma. And Jast has a ton of books. A library's worth of books. Viv brings up the image of the last few categories of books uh, in everybody's AR. And those categories, again, were... Material enchantment processes and techniques, rituals and lodges, and oracalcum R&D. Look, we were on the right track. We had a hunch Jast was behind this portion of what's happening in the world. And, yeah, it it seems that Jast Reclamation is the place where all of the oracalcum R&D is happening, where an isotope could have been made. But who... Who used it? Who enacted it? I just don't understand why the Seven would be connected to everything that's going on in the city. What do they care? Who is the Seven? Well, what can we do? It looks like Irina has some of these books. Maybe I, we can ask her the process of making the books, if there's any way we can track them, that sort of thing. I mean, I know where it is. They're going to be at Jast Reclamation. But maybe there's something we can glean from the magical properties. Well, we know who made the books. We know Jast has the books. We know he has the Orc Alchem. There's too many variables and rare things that are needed in making it. We just have to find out who needed to use that Orc Alchem and the radioisotopes from it. Who commissioned Jast? The records for that have to be a Jast. And if he's still making it, we can see where it goes. We can track it. That's true, but <laughs> I hate to keep on bringing this up. Uh, yeah. The Seven <laughs> do not want us to look under there. No. They made it pretty clear when we were at Lomas, they do not want us to get involved. I would assume because they're behind something. I don't know why. And if Neck is any indication of their power, I mean, is Neck one of the Seven? I mean, imagine there are six others. And if not Neck, there are seven others. I'm just saying they don't have to know. We can just have a little look around. Are you saying stake out? I'm saying stake in. Yeah, yeah. No, stake out. Yeah. Stake out what? We're going to go to Jest and see oh, see where God. the fucking Orcalcum goes. Oh, no. 
Lux is not excited about going back to Jazz. Okay, if it makes you Lux, if it makes you feel any better, we can do we can do Arena first. We can go visit, see what she has to say. I, I think I would love to hear what Arena has to say, but uh, what we need, guys, right now is is physical evidence, and we need to get it fast before even we can do anything with any physical evidence connecting anyone to the conspiracy behind the shooting by the last line. We have to save Gabe. <laughs> we need to find out where he is and we need to get him before they m- mutilate his brain. How long has it been since Gabe has been taken now? Four hours. Okay. And he was in critical condition when he left, right? Yep. So on the off chance that he's just being treated <laughs> normally, we still wouldn't be able to get any word from Gabe. We expect there, it to be, in the best case scenario, that's not happening, <laughs> um, where he's treated like a normal human and <laughs> his wounds are treated, he wouldn't probably even be conscious for another 24 hours or 48 hours or something, right, Mike? Doc Wagon told you when yeah. he was uh, airlifted away that um, if you were, in fact, friends of his, then uh, you would be able to find him uh, when he was uh, checked in to the, you know, Nearest. I forget exactly the phrase. Yeah, like you conveniently located Evo Health Center. I don't think you have a sense of how long that usually takes. Okay. It was indicated that you should be able to locate him eventually through some means. I think that's the only piece of information you know. Other than that, you do, you have no idea. With that, Lash wants to uh, kind of... I, I assume this kind of like patient search, there might be some kind of patient search or record of this that is somewhat easily accessible or like she can automate some kind of like program to check. Just search Gabe and ping me when Gabe is available if he's not right now. Yeah. So she um, kind of... It's just kind of going on the Dock Wagon website, which is quite, you know, sterile and everything you would expect from a a medical website. But she does see kind of like a back door into like where the information is held. She wants to get access to that back door and see at least patient files. Not necessarily all levels, but kind of just like, but like a list of names would be. So not like necessarily all their information, but kind of like one step below the like data being entered into the website. Can you roll something for me? Like you don't, you know, in if yeah. a hacker was doing this, you know, we're talking about getting marks and then getting access that way. You know, Lash maybe could try to um, masquerade as someone who already has access. What, yeah, what about like just like rolling a hacking a hacking skill? Yeah, if you have it, roll it. Yeah, I do. Oh, well, that's going to be a one hit. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> She's tired. She has been manning this boat all mm-hmm, night long. Mm-hmm, it's true. Mm-hmm. You go to the Dock Wagon website, and it looks like it has been recently, the design has been switched over from the Dock mm. Wagon, like browns, golds, reds, and blacks, to the very gross, like you said, sterile, uh, like white, light blue, um, Evo branding. There's like new copy all around, like now in partnership with Evo. And you use the public-facing search to just search for Gabe's name. So you just type in Gabriel Ozaman, um, and I'm going to roll. We're going to roll to see if he's in there. <laughs> Nothing comes up. Oh, man. It says, no patients found with this name. You 
kind of stalk around a little bit, you know, trying to get a sense of the host and trying to get a sense of like its security. And it's just, I think that you maybe just decide it's not worth it. Like yeah. it's going to be too much work. It's a big undertaking. This is now an already big company partnered with an even bigger company. You know, is this really the best use of your time right now? And maybe I think you just think, no, yeah. um, I can search for Gabe again later. Or if you want to set up a recurring process that just pings you once he's available, I'd let you do that for free. You can just have that running. Okay. Lash does that. And she says to the team, I don't know this. I don't, he's not in the system yet. As, as far as I know, um, Viv is going to rustle through her pocket and she says, look, I want to rescue Gabe, but I don't think we're ready. But if we ever needed it and she pulls out a dock wagon bracelet. Oh, whoa. Cause she has super platinum. <laughs> wow. If we ever needed to infiltrate, I've got a way in. Platinum. And Lux says this out loud. It shines in, you know, it shines off of Lux's glint in his eye. Like, it really catches, you know. Where'd you get that, Viv? I worked for the, for several different companies before this. So, saved up. Whoa. Does this mean you're going to have to, like, nearly die again for us to get in? No, no, we could, we could fake that doesn't necessarily have to be me. I, I, I don't know how it works. I, I've literally never had enough money to see how this how this operates. These should be pretty simple. And Lux looks at the bracelet to see what kind of what it does when it detects that you're in trouble using his biotechnology skill. Mike, will he do I need to roll to see um, how this tells if you're healthy or not or need emergency attention you could probably just ask viv uh she could she okay. would be the one who decided how it interfere like is it an implant oh, it's a decision thing okay does she wear it is it a, a heart rate monitor on her wrist yeah. like is it hooked up to her calm there's all, all a bunch of different okay. ways that you Lux can do is it. looking this over in his hand hands it back to viv and he says how does it work well uh if i'm wearing that and i'm injured it uh, will know by my heart rate, probably blood loss, uh, sleep deprivation, that sort of thing. Mm. But I can take it off and we can assign it to someone else. Yeah, like a dead chicken. <laughs> yeah, like a dead chicken. <laughs> um, okay. Lex didn't really get the answer he was looking for in terms of faking the uh, the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the IR technology. Um, so Lux is uh, going to do some work to see how he could do that. He's like, okay. All right. Well, if we activate this, we might not be taken to the same center that, that Gabe is at. We need to find out which one he is in. This could be a good way in, though, once we know the area that he's, you know, the location he's been taken to. In the meantime, what should we do? Well, Lash, why are we in Connecticut? Ugh, my mom and my dad will be here at the dock probably in about 20 minutes. You told them? Oh, right. Uh, they have a find my lash feature on their phone. They always know where I am. Find my, did you build it for them? Yeah, of course <laughs> I did. I didn't want to use some kind of software as some corp owned. I had to build it myself. Just means Lash is just constantly using some deep, like, distant part of her brain to just always be sending GPS pings to her parents. <laughs> so at least they're bringing lunch. But we should have a time that we have to be out, because if not, we're going to get wrapped into something. So we need to come up with a plan right now of when we're leaving for Gabe's sake and for mine. 
So we, we got a deadline here. What do we want to do? My mom and dad are about to be here and we need to tell them that we got to leave very soon after we have those sandwiches because they are really good. Sandwiches, huh? That's, oh wait, no, we have, we have to figure this out. Right, so we have some issues. There's some, we have, we have Gabe. We don't know yes. what Gabe is. We have the book, which says that Jast has a lot of books. Interesting. There's something else. I'm forgetting something. Uh, uh, Viv, what what else was there? There are some people. It's all right. Uh, My brain is weird. Since the biting, it's it's gotten... Things have gotten different. Mm. For all of us. There are some people that still went through Evo treatment, but it seems like that might not be as important right now. Yeah, I would love to figure out what happened to those people, but we have to save Gabe and we have to find direct evidence to help stop all of this that's going on right now um, to implicate the people who actually started all of this. All we know is that JAS is one side of a transaction that took place that would actually prove who masked the evidence on the gun, i.e. the person who was in charge of the conspiracy to have the gun fired, i.e. the person responsible for basically all of this. So I I hate to say it, I think we do need to go to Jast. And while we're doing that, we need to find out where Gabe is. And if we find out where Gabe is (laughs) while we're heading to Jast, we need to go save Gabe. Well, that sounds like a plan to me. Also, you suggesting Jast, you're going to be good? I don't know. Also, man, we got to get you help. Um, Oh, yeah. It's not so bad right now. I don't know how many days you have with this before things go real bad. Yeah, I don't either. I got this thing going, though. I I, I worked something out. Uh, I figure if I could just keep healing myself, then maybe it won't go so fast. Yeah, I know you told me about that, but I don't know if that... I think that's more of a stopgap, man. And, and Yeah, but for right now, for the next few days, I think we'll be all right. Okay. You hear a loud truck horn play La Cucaracha? Ah, they're here. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, if anyone asks, we were in a boat crash. You were in a boat crash? That's the, that's the safe, rosy, picturesque world that yeah. you're trying to spin up for them, where we were in a boat crash? We were why, in a boat crash. Why not, why not say we were shopping? Anything well, else? You're, you're trying to make your parents a, not worry. Look at, look at TK. He's a terrible liar. Oh, <laughs> look I at guess TK. he does look bad. The boat's intact. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was a different boat. boat. It was a different boat. And Lux, that is technically I, true. Lux, I did tell them that you were driving and you were not paying attention. <laughs> you said I was the cause of the boat crash? Lush, yes. Your mother and I brought sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> oh, do those sandwiches have meat in them? They have meat, but it's not processed meat because you're... <laughs> Your father can't have the nitrate. They say it's bad for my blood. How do we get on to this thing? It might be genetic, honey. Have you been tested for nitrate? Uh, we better get out there. We're coming down. <laughs> you are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show and get access to our huge back catalog of amazing bonus content, patron-only in-universe merch, and access to our Discord, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship 
afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and you can find me online at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Vivian Lakewood, and you can find me online at Randwitches. Hey, this is Nick Gersio. I play Lux Scythe, and you can find me online at N Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O, on Instagram, and at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog, and you can find me on social media at Shodell, at S-H-O-D-E-L-L. I am Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad guys, I think. Is that how it works? It's not clear. You can follow me online at taylor.biz. And my name is Mike Rugnetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Mike Rugnetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Fun City was recorded in various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was edited by Sam Grant and produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs has never and would never Google meet canon. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall with tracks by Will Savino. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Pulliam. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>